0: welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist and personal trainer and I live on a small hobby farm. I have a huge passion for bodybuilding, but I don't fall into the typical bodybuilding mold. The naysayers, they can have their bro science. Yep, I said it. I'm a natural health and nutrition nerd. Some would call me a granola, but that couldn't be further from the wrong word. I stay away from the typical processed standard American diet and I don't eat granola. I created this podcast to share my health journey and the many things I've learned in my quest to find what it takes to live a mindful, happy, balanced life for all humans, not just athletes. I hope to help you discover your inner nerd and help you make some hefty deposits into your knowledge bank account that can help you
1: crack your health code. Like, because we look to all these external things to tell us if we're okay. And we completely neglect everything that's going on internally. We're like, oh, okay, what size are my pants? What did I eat? What does this person look like? How many, you know, all external, all external. And what I encourage people to do is ask yourself, does this feel good? Stop putting yourself into these boxes or clothes that don't fit anymore. Like give yourself permission to be comfortable. Be comfortable.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited today to have Renee Sager on the podcast. That was her speaking right there. She has some amazing things to say and I am just so excited to have her on. She's going to talk about her journey um, struggling with an eating disorder and also alcoholism. And she had to go through rehab multiple times. She's a certified life coach and she specializes in working with women that are ready to build a life outside of food and body obsession. So I think we're really lucky to have her on the show today. Um, before we dive into things too crazy, I want you to, if you're interested, hop on over to my website. It is ConnieNightingale.com. I have a bunch of awesome recipes posted in my blog as well as a free recipe pack that you can download as a PDF. Yes, you have to enter your email because it takes you to my private document center. However, I am not going to spam the crap out of you if you do that. It's just so that you can get in to look at my stuff. So if you want to be spammed, send me a message. I will spam the heck out of you. (laughs) But trust me, that's not why I have your information. So I appreciate it. If you want to jump over there and take a look at that or pop on over to my blog, um, there's some great tools for your toolbox in there. So anyway, so excited to have Renee on the show today. I think she's a super special person and that you are going to love our talk. So here we go. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Fit Farming Food Mom. Today, I have Renee Sager on the line. Hi. How are you, Renee? (laughs) Good. I'm very good. Thank you. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, first of all, before we get rolling with too much information, how about you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes. um, I am a certified health and life coach. I recently started this business um, just over two years ago, and I get to work with women around food, body, binge eating, all the food craziness that they experience and help them create the relationship that they really want with food. In addition to that, I also own a gym, and I'm a personal trainer, so I get to work with that as well. So the life coaching is really about the mental piece. And the personal training is, is more about the physical piece. So I love getting to do both of those. And then, I mean, that's just really kind of my life. I'm super into both of those things. If I'm not working, I'm usually reading about stuff like that. Um, you know, I have a, a yellow lab that is sleeping right next to me right now. And so I like to spend a lot of time with her and just kind of get outside and, you know, live the best life. I love it. I love it. And so today you were going to tell us a little
0: bit about your journey because you have had a really – a lot of obstacles to overcome as far as your way of thinking and mm-hmm. um, your eating habits and things like that. So can you mm-hmm. kind of start from the beginning with your mm-hmm. journey with us? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love
1: to. So, you know, growing up, I, I feel like I've always been kind of anxious. I've always been an anxious child. You know, I remember when my parents, when I was like six, would go on – Uh, trips on on any kind of trip, like work trips for the weekend or the week, I would just cry my eyes out. I was sure they were going to get in a car accident or their plane was going to go down. And I had no real rationalization for this. It was just like this innate anxiety, just like, oh, my gosh, I have to keep everyone safe. And, you know, I kind of, you know, hindsight looking back and kind of self-diagnosing my childhood, I didn't have any major trauma. I think a lot of people that have eating disorders Most people just think like, oh, she must have been, had some like sexual abuse. And I didn't, you know, I just, I didn't. Um, And so I've kind of looked back like, oh, I wonder how that kind of manifested. And I really do feel like me... And my relationship with food kind of began as an outlet for that anxiety. You know, I was about 14 when I started paying attention to my body, puberty, boys, boobs, all of it, you know, and reading. I started getting obsessed with like Shape, Fitness and Oxygen magazines. Like I had all the subscriptions and I read them every single night, like after I finished doing my crunches. And that was my life. I started knowing every single calorie and everything like my mom I was her walking calorie calculator she's like what's what is the difference between these two and I was like oh then like I didn't think about it. it was just duh you know It was kind of something I, pri- I was had pride in for myself and you know it started out just kind of fun and like like that like oh I'm just gonna get fit I'm just gonna lose a little weight I'm just gonna quote unquote tone up and so I started running and doing a little bit of just body weight stuff but mainly running and, you know, it wasn't long after because I was so young. I mean, I was 14. I was a baby uh, for my body to like instantly react to that. And I started getting compliments from people like, wow, you're so motivated. Your body's changing. What are you doing? What are you eating? And I was like, Well, apparently, this is something cool that not everyone can do or knows about. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And that's kind of my like MO in life, which is annoying, but I've gotten better at balancing it is that all or nothing. Like, if a little is good, then let's go hard. Like, a lot must be amazing. And so, you know, very quickly, I went from just wanting to go for a run a few days a week during soccer practice to skipping lunch at school, lying about where I was to come home. We always had a gym in my basement. My dad's always been kind of a gym person. Um, and I would come home and run and tell my mom like, oh, I went to lunch with friends cause she'd be at work and I was coming home and running. And I just like, it. it just morphed into this thing that was like fun and enjoyable in the beginning. And like, oh, look, my body's changing. This is great. I feel strong to like I have to do this. I have to count my calories. I have to know what is in my food. I cannot trust anyone else. I think everyone's against me. I have to run. I have to just like this. Oh my God, the anxiety like quadrupled. And from there I started binge eating because I was so restrictive with my food that, I mean, from my experience and and the women that I work with, like you can only deprive yourself for so long. Like you're either going to die of anorexia or you're going to become a binge eater. At that point, that was my, those were kind of my two options. And I went into binge eating. And oh my God, that was just a whole nother can of worms because I went from this like super structured regimented person to someone that was so wildly out of control. Like every night pummeling through boxes of raisin bran and nuts and turkey and tortillas and cookies and bread, just everything. And and it wasn't long after that, my binges got so massive that I I mean, I was Googling all the time can I rip my stomach because I was just so full. Like I could, I had to fall into bed in the fetal position. I was so full and it wasn't long after that, that I started, I started throwing up. I started, I was then a bulimic. And for me, when I started throwing up, I was like, Oh shit, just got real. Like this is, this is real now, you know, before, because I feel like so much of society Applauds the restrictive behaviors. Applauds the hours of rigorous exercise. You know that's not a problem. But once you step into this behavior, wait a second, not okay. You know. And so with that, you know, almost simultaneously, I kind of turned into an alcoholic. I, I, I was binging and restricting and running all over town, getting fast food, buying more food, replacing food. All of it that I, I then started drinking and I was like, oh my God, now this is the answer. You know, at first I thought exercise was the answer. Then I thought bulimia was the answer. And then I was like, alcohol, like it quiets everything and makes me not want to eat. It quiets my head. I don't have any anxiety. This is it. But the thing with alcohol versus food is alcohol, it, it kills you much faster like especially at the capacity that I was drinking. I think I started like drinking alcoholically at 17 or 18 and at age 20, I was diagnosed by a doctor as a late stage alcoholic and I was developing cirrhosis of the liver. So I did not mess around. Like again, go big, go home. And so, you know, through those years, times just were so out of control. I feel like out of control is the best way that I can explain it and just You know, as time went on and I got into my late or early 20s, I just kept thinking, like, what is wrong with me? You know, at 14, 15, 16, I was still a baby and and in my parents' home and didn't even know. And then, you know, by the time I was 20, early 20s, I felt like, okay, I'm out on my own. I'm trying to be social. I'm trying to be normal. And I feel so broken. I feel so insane. Like, I really thought I needed a lobotomy because I couldn't not binge. I couldn't, I just, everything was just like, uh, the best way I can explain it is like a little lizard in a desert, right? Like scurrying, like do, 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 do. That's kind of how I felt all the time. Just again, that anxiety, anxiety and feeling so out of control. And, you know, throughout my mid to late twenties, I ended up, well, and early twenties, I ended up going to rehab, three times for my eating disorder and three times for my drinking. And thank God I eventually got sober and that wasn't, you know, that was easier because with the food stuff, you still have to do it right. The alcohol was clean. It was just like, bam, I'm done. I have a sobriety date, you know, 725.09, no alcohol. It's, it's very black and white, but with the food stuff, it's so not clear like that. And that, that took me a long time to really understand where my place was because I had so much unlearning to do around food because in my mind, uh, a healthy diet, uh, the way to eat was like weighed, portioned every day, you know, like the classic, as as I said, I read Shape and Oxygen and Fitness for a decade, like that's it. Like that was the only information I had and, and reading, you know, anything in media is, is like promoting that. And so I just had this idea of what I should be eating and yet I could never adhere to it. And then the second I like veered just slightly off my quote unquote meal plan, it was just binge city. And so I had a lot of unlearning to do about like, oh, this isn't the way I need to eat anymore. Like this isn't working for me and really understand what I needed to eat. And not only that, and this is where the life coaching part really comes in and and benefited me hugely is looking at why I'm doing it. You know, I tell everyone, I'm like, it's not about the food and it's not about your body. It's about why it's about why you feel like what you're doing is wrong. It's about why you think you're not good enough in the size that you are. It's looking at that underlying stuff that, with the food is is like a band-aid, right? Or with manipulating your body is like a band aid. It's like, oh, you know, and for me, so often it was wanting to be accepted. You know, I, I as extroverted as I was and am and as unapologetically myself as I think that I am, I still want what everyone else wants, right? I want to be accepted. I want to feel quote unquote normal and I want to be with a group of people and You know, I just never felt like that. I never felt like I fit in anywhere and using food and alcohol for a long time was a way to not have to address it, you know, so getting to look at that underlying stuff as to why don't I feel good enough? Like, why do I feel like I have to get the best job and make the most money and have the best body and do this best everything to be okay? You know, and and that's partly, partially, probably because of the the family that I grew up in. Like my fam- my parents are pretty well to do, and my brother currently is is I would consider to be quite successful and and really lived that linear life. Whereas you know, my first eating disorder treatment was seventeen, and I, I it took me a decade to graduate with a four year degree. I just didn't do things in the quote unquote traditional sense, and so I always thought like something is so wrong with me. And yet the, the older I've gotten and the more I've done this work and the more just I've stepped into who I am and stopped looking at who I should be, the more settled I feel just the more, Oh, like, I don't, I don't have to do this for anyone else. Like it feels good for me. And so it was, It took some time again to kind of find that groove and be in acceptance, you know, let go of all those ideas and stereotypical ways that I think I should look and I should eat and just start creating my own. Just start like realizing like what I want versus what I think I should want. And so that's kind of that's kind of the elevator version of my story. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And, you know, Renee, this resonates with me
0: on so many levels, Mm -hmm. especially considering the um, culture that I'm in. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there I've been in so many of these places where you're talking about I've never had an eating disorder. um, Mm -hmm. So I can't resonate with you there. But as far as like eating so much that you Mm. are in the fetal position and you're like, oh, my God. Why did I do that to myself? You're questioning everything. And it's pretty crazy because at that point I can see how so many doors can be opened for disordered eating. Right. Because mm-hmm. as a, like as a bodybuilder, when you get done with a show or say you get a cheat quote unquote meal, um, mm-hmm. you stuff your face when if that's available and somebody's given you that opportunity to eat, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat. And because who mm-hmm. knows when it's going to be my last meal mm-hmm. type of mentality,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in all actuality it's nothing permanent but for some reason in our brain we kind of have a tendency to file it as that like oh my gosh this is the last meal I'm ever gonna have or Mm -hmm. I've restricted for so long so now I can have this meal and so (laughs) at points in my journey I've noticed that when you eat a ton and you're in that position and you're regretting your choices and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, that was like so many calories. All these questions are coming up in your brain, but also on top of all of this almost self hate you have for the fact you just ate so much food, you have this, um, extreme stomach ache. Right. And you're like, I'm so Mm -hmm. full. It would be so nice to get rid of some (sighs) of this right now. And it's Mm -hmm. like um, all of the sudden, all of these doors open And I personally have always been very good because of my awareness about um, people's actions and things that lead into things to never take that step. But Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that probably do succumb to that. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm.
1: it becomes this second nature. Well, I can eat what I Mm -hmm. want because now Mm -hmm. I can get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if it's not through like purging, even if it's through, obsessive exercising, you know, it's like, it's termed exercise bulimia, right? It's like, okay, so I ate all that food last night. I can't believe it. I'm in the fetal position. I'm going to, I know how to get rid of this. Like I, I never took laxatives, but, um, I know I've worked with people that in the past have taken laxatives or just been like, well, I'm going to run, you know, a marathon tomorrow and work out in the gym. And, you know, their relationship with exercise was really fueled by better burn it off. Or I better do this so I can eat what I want later. You know, it was never from, and this is something that I had to redo for myself and help, you know, recreate, help others recreate that relationship to exercise is that it's not like, it's not about, is this going to change my body? You know, is this, I'm only, I'm doing this because I want my body to look different. Like working out and eating even from, in my experience, from just that lens is horrible. Like it removes all joy from the process because all you're thinking about is how do I manipulate my body? How do I change? How do I change? Like it's fueled by kind of that anxiety. And so to find a balance with food, that's just like, Oh, I just, I'm not hungry or I am hungry or this tastes good or this feels good, or that doesn't feel good. And to finally have a choice is so freeing because for myself, that was one thing that I you know, even when I wasn't throwing up, even when I was just like binging and, and the food stuff, it didn't have to be the action of purging, but just like the obsessive calorie counting, the obsessive worry about how am I going to burn this off? How am I going to get more? How am I going to get rid of this? What am I going to do later? You know, is exhausting. And for me, it made my life feel very small and, you know, recreating that relationship with exercise. Now, you know, I, I love being active. I, I went out for, for a run this morning and, It's still something that I do very regularly, but from such a different place, not of I need to do this so I can eat my breakfast without guilt. But from my dog probably needs some exercise. I could probably use some movement. Okay, let's go do this for 30 minutes, you know, instead of two hours sweat session, you know, all of that tied with it to just kind of come at it from a more balanced approach. And I just also want to say that, you know, I, I kind of, it's interesting for me to be talking to you because you're kind of, I mean, I find people like you to be kind of fascinating, to be honest, like people that don't slip into the full on disordered eating thing. And that's why I really, I don't preach having the answer for everyone or, or, you know, that I think just any kind of fitness competition is horrible and, you know, whatever, because like, who am I to say everyone's so different? Like, I don't have the solution of eating. Like I don't sell a plan or a program, like follow this. And then you're going to be free. You know, it's for, I help that person create the relationship with food that they want, whether if it's built bodybuilding, like, okay, cool. You know, you, you are the only one at the end of the day that gets to decide if this is, or isn't working for you. You know, you're the only one that gets to decide. I love doing this. You know, I, I personally had to take some breaks from, from working out and some breaks from, um, from so many different kinds of things, food and nutrition and exercise related, but I'm finding my balance again. You know, it's like, I did a triathlon a couple years ago and I had to really take a step back and be like, okay, normally I want to go balls out, like hit it hard, get obsessed. And I really had to take a different approach to it in that I'm just going to do this for fun. Like for once in my life, I'm not going to try and win this. And that was very uncomfortable coming from someone with a rather competitive background. But again, like I don't think anything is, is bad or worse or better. I think it's about, helping you decide what feels good for you. You know, we can't just, we can't judge a book by its cover. Like you just, you can never tell. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of add that.
0: Well, and I love that you talk about all this because I think you and I are kind of cut from the same mold. Mm -hmm. I think we all have different tendencies. Um, Some people have tendencies to go big or go home, like you said, Um, Mm -hmm. which can also be extremely deleterious to your process, right? Because Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, you're doing dumb things. I know myself, my coach would give me one thing and I would do double that. Um, Mm -hmm. It it was like always more is better, right? Um, Yeah. You know, so if they put you on a certain meal plan, for example, if you make it a little less than that, that's okay, right? And it just kind of goes down to this big, deep rabbit hole of where if you don't feel like you're putting in 150%, you feel like you haven't done your job to get there. When in (laughs) fact, when it comes to the human body, that can actually be what sets you back um, in the end. So there's this very fine balance that has to happen. And uh, I think that's why you need people in your life that that understand where you're coming from and people that can say, okay, take a day off, um, (laughs) you know, a coach or something like that. And then learning, I mean, I coach myself now, but then learning your, your tendencies and knowing when to say, okay, yeah, I should take a rest day or, Mm -hmm. okay, no, I'm being silly about this way of thinking as far as food goes, maybe I need Mm -hmm. to do this and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, start to have a, a different objective towards things.
1: Yeah. And that's such a good point too, is that I think, you know, for my, I was actually thinking about this while I was on my walk this morning, thinking about making a post about this is that we have this expectation, or at least I did, you know, that once I get into quote unquote recovery from food, or once I have a balanced relationship with food, I'm never going to hate my body. I'm never going to think about food. I'm never going to eat too much. I'm never going to calculate calories. I'm never going to, you know, all of these things. And I, that expectation of like, that's the right way. That's how it should be. That means I'm doing this successful. It always made me feel like I was messing up because I just, to, to think, to put that expectation on yourself, especially from someone like myself or yourself that like ran and operated, have operated like a computer, right? Like what are the calories cal and macros? Like, you know, your brain just always goes that way to think that you're just going to like poof, overnight just not have any of those thoughts i think sets up so many people for feeling like they're doing it wrong or feeling like they're messing this up and and i i tell all of my clients like you can like those thoughts may never go away like you may always have that little lingering thought on occasion in the back of your head like oh my god you should really you know weigh and measure this you really need to step on the scale you really need to burn that off and it's just noticing it and being like oh Weird. I can't believe I had that thought. Like, that's crazy. But when we go into this, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Something I'm relapsing. I'm going back down the rabbit hole. That's just going to put you back there faster, right? It's looking at those thoughts and just being like, oh, wow. That's so bizarre. Like, I haven't thought about that in forever. I mean, I've been sober for 10 years, over 10 years. And still, after a run, I'm like, oh, my God, I I loved vodka gimlets with extra lime. (laughs) And so I get home and I'm like, oh, my God, a vodka gimlet with extra lime would be so good right now. And that doesn't mean... I'm relapsing. It doesn't mean anything goes wrong. It just means, like, I have a brain. I have a human brain that, like, thinks things, and it doesn't mean I have to listen. It's just, it doesn't, also doesn't mean I have to react. It just means I can observe and be like, oh, what a curious thought to have, like, right now, huh, moving on. You know, you can't control what you think, but you can control how much energy and time you give to that thought. You know how you react to it.
0: I totally love that you said that because I'm always reasoning with myself. My head always has these little thoughts, or I'm like, "Why the hell did I think of that right (laughs) now?" Or like, yeah, it's funny. We're always constantly sorting um, these things out in our head, and Mm -hmm. I like that you um, stated that right there. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um. So you know, another thing I think with women in particular. And I mean, I'm sure men feel it too, but I think they think of things a little differently. I feel (laughs) like there's been this picture painted of what a woman should be and that she's not valuable or that she's not, I don't know what the word is I'm looking here for, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a certain picture painted that um, we think we're automatically being judged all the time based on how our physique looks, how skinny we are, what, um, what we look like. And And so we place a lot of all of our everyday actions on these things and it's, I mean, social media, I talk about this all the time has made it even worse, right? We look at these Mm -hmm. other people and we're like, oh my gosh, if only she knew what it was like to have to count calories all the time, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, unfortunately it is the society that we live in. Like it is completely a societal and cultural expectation that this is right. That is wrong. Like bodies, colors, shapes, sizes, incomes, uh, hobbies. Like it's so rampant, especially like fat phobia within our society is, is huge. And with, we hold this expectation that I'm not, worthy unless I look like that or the expectation that this person is better than me because she looks like that something must be wrong with me I mean I even you know we talked about this a little bit before we were recording but like even myself at my lowest weight was still not happy and I was really close to being hospitalized like very close to being hospitalized for for being so underweight that you know that there was no amount of weight loss that was ever going to get me to that place. And there's no amount of muscle definition that's ever going to get you to that place because your body is always going to change. Like the body that you had when you were 10 versus 20, 20 versus 30, 30 versus 40, 40 versus 50. Like it's never going to look like it did ever. Like you can't, it just, it's impossible. And so, you know, having that acceptance around, this is my body. And, you know, this comes back to the same thing that I said about the thoughts is that you can't, you can't control what comes up, but you can decide how much time that you give it is what one huge thing that I suggest to all of my clients is that they kind of detox their social media. And this is something that I did two or three years ago. That's had a huge impact on my own body image. And what I, personally view as attractive because you know five years ago I had so many screenshots of crossfitter women in my phone that I would take to trainers and I'd be like make me look like her like make me look like her and you know some of them I look back and I'm like there's just no way in hell I was ever gonna look like this person like and half the time I was like I just really want her like hair and her 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 face and like she's so beautiful make me look like her you know um but but with the social media, you know, what you can do is you can decide what you intentionally look at, you know? So if you are someone struggling with body image, you're like what I encourage my clients to do is find, like, stop looking at all of these images of women that make you feel like shit. Like if all you're doing is scrolling and getting envious and jealous and beating yourself up, like you have a choice over that. You can decide I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to feel like this. I'm going to intentionally unfollow and refollow people that make me feel good. And I don't think there's any shame in that. Like, you don't owe anyone a follow. You don't owe anyone a like if it's not serving you like, see you later, you know, maybe in six months to a year, if something shifts, and you're like, you know what, I feel like I'm in a better space now where I can refollow this person. But if today in the moment, you're going through it, and you're like, I just can't, you know, I've unfollowed some of my best friends, you know, whether it was because of, building a business. Cause I'm not in, like I, the food and the body stuff just isn't a thing for me anymore, but I, I am, I'm building a business. And so when I see other people that are now in this new area of success, I, I get that, ugh, like that resentment, that jealousy, even if I love them and I can do that same thing, like, Oh my God, what's wrong with me? This is a, an amazing human. Why can't I just be happy for them? It's like, no, this is just a human thought. Like, I'm just a human being jealous. No problem. But I can also just say, like, and I'm also not in the space to be following this person, you know, and unfollow them. And just, you know, there's nothing. It doesn't make you a weak human because you want to follow people that make you feel good. You know, like, give yourself permission to do that.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love every part of this. I actually recently, it was probably a couple months ago now, but I made a post about this. I was cleaning out my my, my closet. and. Mm-hmm. I found a pair of the shorts that I would wear when I was working out, when I was in my last bodybuilding prep Mm -hmm. and I picked them up and I looked at them and I was like, holy shit, (laughs) these things are so little. Like they are, Mm -hmm. did a kid wear these? Like what the heck?
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I was
0: like blown away. And then I, that started me down that thought rabbit hole Uh. we were talking about where I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. This makes so much sense because I thought when I started in my weight loss journey, I thought that a certain size and a certain look would make me happy. But then I recalled wearing these little tiny shorts and they were so little. Um, pictures yeah. didn't do it justice. Honestly. Well, I thought that if I fit in something of that size and I, if I looked like that, I would be happy. I would, I would not have a care in the world. And when I was that size, I can remember picking myself apart. I would take check-in pictures for my coach to send and I'd be like, Oh my God, there's some little bit of cellulite Mm -hmm. there or Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, there's some loose skin right here. And it was just like a checklist. I could like list all of the things I said. And like the, I'm sure the emails I sent to my coach, she thought I was crazy because I was like, Oh my goodness, look how much water is in my backside. Look at how big my butt looks. I'm never going to be ready for this next show. Like, And Mm -hmm. at that point, I was like a size two. I was like a Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny person. And here I was critiquing myself then. And I was Mm -hmm. leaner than lean could be. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. And so I made a post about it. I was like, don't think that that next 10 pounds or that next 20 pounds is going to be what makes you happy because it's not. And Mm -hmm. as far as the social media thing, you are absolutely 100% correct. I have unfollowed so many people, people that I value in my life, people Mm -hmm. that I love but people that maybe their goals don't align with mine right now, or maybe the things Mm -hmm. that they have are not what I need to be looking at right now. And so Mm -hmm. I've removed it. And it, like you said, there is no shame in that if you Mm -hmm. look at a post and you feel disgusted or you feel crappy about yourself, then the first thing you should do is find that unfollow button. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's, there's, uh, as I've gone through this, if I feel that like gut punch, I'm now at the point where I can get curious about it I can be like whoa what is it like what is it about this like what is the insecurity that's coming up like what is my own shit because it's not about the post right it's about your own stuff but also give yourself permission like I said like you don't have to validate like I you don't need a reason other than it hit me wrong on a Tuesday afternoon bam see you later like you don't have to be you don't have to always be working on being a better person like sometimes you can just unfollow no justification or rationalization needed whatsoever
0: (laughs) right and it might be that moment I can't tell you how many times like um for me personally I had a really rough year after my last bodybuilding prep. I had to have reconstructive hip surgery. My thyroid Mm -hmm. stopped working. I gained a ton of weight, which is not Mm -hmm. something that I was prepared to do considering I've been running for so lean for so long Mm -hmm. and just a whole lot of things going on in my life. And the other night I was working out and I was looking in the mirror and I was like, holy cow, why am I dogging on myself? I have made Mm -hmm. so much progress. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take a picture of this. So I did. And then I but the thing was, I was almost scared to post it. And this is where I get kind of locked up on. I'm, I'm not a good social media influencer. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> I, I don't post pictures of myself. I have a very hard time posting on social media because all of a sudden I start thinking of things such mm. as am I going to post this picture and it's going to make somebody else feel uh. like shit? You know, um, yeah. oh, I wish I looked like her. She says she's struggling, but she look at her, you know, I don't want yeah. it to be that way. And so I do a really bad job of posting things <laughs> Yeah. and, you know, in our business that we're in, that's kind of a difficult place to be. Right. Because yeah, people look at things and they're like, well, how many followers do they have? I don't know mm. why shit comes down to mm-hmm. how many followers you have, but, mm-hmm. um, I've realized that at this point, I've been willing to drown out that noise and not worry about it and just be like, whatever, I'm cool with my measly amount of followers. Because mm-hmm. when you start actually working with people, they see what kind of person you really are. And it doesn't come down to the amount of followers you have. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. but, yeah.
0: But yeah, I always have been afraid to post something about my own life because I don't want to make be that person that makes somebody else
1: feel guilty about the progress that they have been making. Oh my gosh, I relate to that so deeply, and I just also have to just say, you know, not that I'm offering you advice, but I'm going to offer you advice anyways. But like for anyone out there that's like, oh, you know, second guessing every post about worrying about making someone mad, let's just go ahead and assume you're going to piss some people off. Like, (gasps) let's just go ahead and assume that if you're honest and authentic and your true self in this moment, people are going to be pissed. Say la vie. Goodbye. Like, you're not on this planet to make sure everyone is okay because you're on your own journey, too. Like, you're figuring this out. Like, your approach to food and nutrition three years ago is going to be different today, and it's going to be different in another three years, you know. And give yourself that permission to just be on your own damn journey. Like, you're figuring it out as you go, too. But, like, that that, Oh my gosh, what are they going to think? Oh, I'm going to post this, but are they going to interpret it as that? Like all of that is just going to make you a question who you are as a person. You know, it's really going in with, you know, some people are going to love this and some people are not. And the people that need to hear this today are going to get it. And the other people are going to unfollow me and that's fine. That's their stuff. You know, it's getting to that point where I, I feel I used to really struggle with that. And I don't anymore because I take care of myself now. Like if I don't want to follow someone, I'll unfollow them. And it doesn't mean they're stupid. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean anything about them. It just means I'm taking responsibility for it. I have nothing to do with them. It's my stuff and I don't want it, you know? And so really, I really have leaned into that with my posts too, because I'm very, I post a ton and I really, when I notice myself overthinking it, I really have to catch myself on that because it's really people pleasing, right? Okay. How do I make sure all of the hundreds or thousands or however many followers you have, people see this all like this message. And it's just, it's going to make you insane because it's impossible. You know, the people that want to be around you and want what you have are going to follow you. And the other people are not like, again, it's, it doesn't mean you're right and they're wrong or you're wrong and they're right. It's just, that's who you are. That's your, your process and your journey. And that's something that I've, I've been stepping into too, is that, you know, oh my gosh, the people in the anti-diet world are going to see this post and think I'm, I'm promoting dieting and the people that I've worked with before. And, you know, and it's just like, oh my God, that's crazy making. So just kind of letting go of that expectation of myself and just being like, this is just, this is it. Like I'm speaking from the heart. I'm I'm coming from a, a good place. Like I'm not coming from a place of trying to harm anyone. Like this post is not trying to harm anyone. This is just what's up for me. Like this is my truth. I love that so
0: much and I've said that in my own um I've said that to myself a million times is you're doing things that are big that you're trying to help other people with
1: mm-hmm. and
0: in that journey, there is nothing harmful about that. People may not agree with your views on things, but mm-hmm. you just have to keep shining your light and, and being your genuine self and doing things to help others. And in the end, all of it will come out in the wash.
1: Exactly, totally.
0: Um, agree. So yeah, you said something that really hit home to me on your um, Instagram, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you were talking about a lot of people also that are like, possibly more overweight that, that think that you don't understand what it's like though. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kind of talked about that a little bit before the show, because we all come from different walks and feelings and all sorts of things. And so um, even like the super thin girls, like I said, like myself, I criticized myself when I was like super, super lean And I think we all do it. It doesn't matter what size we are. Mm -hmm. How can we change our way of thinking with this? And how can we learn to love ourselves better and not pass judgment on ourselves all the time?
1: Yeah, this is. I mean, this is the. This is really the root of it, right? Like this is the root of the food and body manipulation and disordered eating, and all of it is thinking that when I get there, it's going to be better. Like if I get there, I'm going to be happier. And one of my favorite things, which was also a very sad thing, I was working with a client and she came on, she came on our call and she's like, well, I finally hit my goal weight. And I realized that wasn't it. And I was like, she was devastated because she really thought that once she hit this number on the scale, like, uh, I don't know. She was gonna be like elevated into this other universe, and she would never have another problem in her life. And she was like, a, a speechless because she's like, "This is, I I've been working on this for so long, and I'm here, and I'm miserable," <laughs> you know. And I was like, "Thank God! Like, thank God! Now you know it's not the weight, it's not the number on the scale. Thank God! Now you can do the real work, which is starting to see." what really makes you happy? What really feels good? What really makes you strong? What makes you tick? Because you're exactly right. Like the body image is just, it's this external thing that we look to, to feel better internally. You know, this is the same with dieting. It's like, okay, maybe if I just have someone tell me how many grams or ounces of this and that and the other, then I'll be able to live the life that I want. And all this, this stuff that we tell ourselves we're going to get once we, follow the magic diet plan. And it's just not true. And so how do we develop this? And, you know, first thing, again, social media detox, like unfollow these triggering people start seeing what like, quote, unquote, real bodies look like, you know, if everyone that you're looking at on your Instagram looks exactly the same, but also nothing like you. I mean, let's, let's shake things up a bit. You know, let's look at what real bodies look like, you know, another thing that I've had clients do is it's really common when we go into social settings anywhere, like at a party or even the grocery store is we find typically like the thinnest or the most beautiful person in the room, the person that we'd like, just would love to have her body. And then we find the fattest and we're like, thank God I don't look like her. I don't want it. That's like my biggest fear. And then we go to the thinnest and we're like, how do I look like her? Oh my God, I'm never going to be good enough. You know, we go to these two extremes and we don't look at 95% of the room of women with bodies that look just like ours, like weird stuff here, saggy skin there, flat butts there, big shoulders here, like all of those things that we just don't see because we're just attracted to like what I don't want to be, what I do want to be. Obviously there's nothing in between. So starting to open your eyes to this, just like average person, you know, this average thing. And, and I got to say, even saying that is like, I don't know if I want to say that because average was my biggest fear, like being quote unquote average was my biggest fear in life. Like having an average body, having an average relationship with food, just eating like a burger and not getting a salad made me feel weak and unimportant and not special. And I didn't want to let go of that. And yet now that I'm in a body that I would have deemed very unacceptable years prior, I am um, I feel so amazing, you know, and it really is undoing your thinking, you know, you're, it's never about the food. I don't care what you eat. I don't care what your body looks like. You will not be satisfied until you start retraining your brain. You won't be able to eat in a way that feels good until you retrain your brain to unlearn a ton of stuff that you've learned and these expectations and start tapping into what actually feels good to me. You know, so many clients think like, oh, I could never, if I let go of the control, I'll never stop eating. If I let go, I'll never stop. And that's never happened because nobody feels good eating two pints of Ben and Jerry's a night and a sleeve of Oreos. You just don't. And so it's creating that trust with yourself. It's creating that, oh, I don't have to prove to anyone. Like, because we look to all these external things to tell us if we're okay. And we completely neglect everything that's going on internally. We're like, oh, okay, what size are my pants? How, what did I eat? What does this person look like? How many, you know, all external, all external. And what I encourage people to do is ask yourself, does this feel good? Right. You know, and- even Even with the clothes in the closet, like, does this shirt feel good anymore? You know, if you would have put those shorts on, you would have been miserable if you even would have gotten him over your ass. <laughs> it would have been a busted can of biscuits. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would have been miserable. And it's like, stop putting yourself into these boxes or clothes that don't fit anymore. Like, give yourself permission to be comfortable. Be comfortable.
0: Oh, my gosh. I seriously think that's got to be the name of this episode. Stop putting <laughs> yourself in these clothes that don't fit anymore or yes boxes. that's a yeah. great analogy and i absolutely love it because it's the truth but you know also about women so we're constantly judging ourselves and i might sound like a complete asshole here and i sure hope it doesn't come off this way because it's meant with complete um healthy intentions mm-hmm. but nobody i mean i whatever people can claim they don't judge people and they can claim that they're not judgmental they are liars <laughs> we judge people constantly right yeah. we we are in that grocery store. And we're like, so look at this and look at that. Here's what else I have noticed along with my own thinking. I used to look at people and judge them in a terrible way. Right. I would be Mm -hmm. like the old me was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, she needs to work out or, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, what is she feeding her kids in her, in her shopping cart? Which I am a nutritionist. I do have Mm -hmm. a little bit of a problem with that still. Mm -hmm. not gonna lie. I'm not like, Oh, well, maybe she's super busy. And then this No, Mm -hmm. I do judge a little bit there. But what I've learned is when I catch myself doing that, I need to start coming up with a compliment for this person. Instead, I we may never know each other, we may never even make eye contact. But Mm -hmm. I need to find the good in everything around me as well, which may include me. I mean, I check out people constantly. It's part of my job. So um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes, it's body compliments, I see Mm -hmm. people and I'll be like, Dang, she's got some good glutes, or like, Mm -hmm. wow, this woman is beautiful, or oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, she did such an amazing job. Like, I compliment everybody in my brain. They may never know it, but, Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a lot of times where I will force myself to random strangers, and it's not forcing by making up some fake compliment either, but I will tell someone if I see them and they are glowing that day and they look beautiful, I don't Mm -hmm. care what size they are, I tell Mm -hmm. them that Mm -hmm. because how. How many people need to hear that every day? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. So
0: not only changing my own thinking as far as how I look at myself, but also changing my thinking as how I look at other people.
1: Well, I think that that's a direct, I think those are identical. I think those are directly correlated because same thing for me when I was in the, the heightened awareness of my own food and my own exercise and obsessed with how I looked, the number on the scale and what I ate, I was. The most judgmental person ever. Like, whether you were fat or thin, I was obsessed about everything you ate, how you drank, what you drank, how you spent your time, where you went to go get coffee at in the morning. Like, because I was, I think it's a direct relationship of what's going on internally for me. Because you know what? I don't think, I like, you're, you're, first off, you're totally right. Like, as humans, it's impossible for us not to judge. Like, It's impossible. We cannot. That's the human brain. If you don't judge, you're like a vegetable, right? You just don't, you can't not judge. That's what we do to stay alive. Like, is it safe to cross the road? You know, you can't not do it. But I will say that with where I'm at now, when I was very critical of my own body, that showed up in how critical I was of other people's body. Like I can see someone that is very large or very fit and not really give a shit about it and just be like, Oh, wow. That person has nice abs and not have to make it mean I must be lazy. I must be giving up on myself. I should work harder. I should do all of this. I'm just like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, I have such less energy tied up into whatever anyone else looks like. Cause I just don't care anymore. I'm just like, okay. Like I'm pretty damn happy in my body right now. Like I'm not, I just, I'm pretty happy. And so I don't have to be judgmental of anyone else because I'm not judgmental of myself. So I kind of think there's a direct relationship by how judgmental we are of others is, is showing us to how judgmental we are of ourselves. So I think that that's a great example of your own growth of like, Oh, I just I don't do like, I look for the positive now, which you probably do a a ton more in yourself too, is just like, Oh, how am I looking great today? Like, how is that person good? You know, your, your knee jerk reaction might be like, Whoa, I can't believe they're eating that. But you're also getting curious about like, okay, well, who knows? Maybe they're busy, whatever, like moving on. You know, it's not this obsession anymore. Or how about this? Maybe they don't
0: know what they're feeding their kids. Maybe they don't have an understanding of Mm -hmm. it because that's another huge thing. I've taken on a couple um, clients recently that they don't even know how to cook outside of a microwave has nothing to do with the fact that they're intentionally trying to feed themselves improperly. They just don't know. And they think that if something says healthy on it or if it's a healthy choice thing, they think that it's mm. right and mm-hmm. they have no understanding so mm-hmm.
1: this person that you're seeing that you're placing judgment on may have no freaking clue yeah i think to, a lot of that comes back to like our socioeconomical status too like you know we we look at all these people and we judge them and it's like well you know how were they raised were they raised only on tv dinners and and you're right like do they have any idea how to make like what a a, quote unquote healthy choice or lean cuisine, chicken teriyaki stir fry, do they have, do they know how to make that? Like, do they have any idea like how to cut an onion and how to saute vegetables? And, you know, they just, again, like, don't know. I find that most of the clients that I work with really do, but there is definitely, you're, you're absolutely right that some people just don't have the privilege of buying organic vegetables and this and that and the other and also don't even know they're just like I don't know like it seems healthy right it says it so let's do it and they just yeah they don't know yeah.
0: and that's a crazy thing so and it's funny you bring this up about cooking and things um, and that we're talking about it because in the last two weeks I have had two clients so I typically bring my clients to my home and I teach them how to cook their meals Oh, fun. if they don't have an idea it is really fun but two of these clients that I had in the last two weeks, um, I think they're both in the same week, it was about two weeks ago, they didn't even know how to cut up vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I, I was blown away by that. They're like, well, how do you cut this? And I was like, well, just, I kind of rushed through it. I didn't think about it. I was like, well, just cut that into one inch pieces. And they're like, well, how? Like, and then mm. they started cutting things into perfect one inch like, <laughs> pieces. And I was like, no, no. No, you don't have to get too crazy about this. We're just making this as easy as possible. Just chop it here and there. And and that was the you know, as I am in my own journey as to learning how to do coaching well, mm-hmm. I've learned so many tools for my toolkit and there's another learning experience for myself. Sometimes you just have to take a different approach to teaching people mm-hmm. how to do things because they've
1: probably more than likely never been exposed to that if they're struggling Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. And that's just, it's, that's such a good example too, is that they just, we get really comfortable in our bubbles, right? We get really comfortable doing things the way that we do. And we just assume everyone else does it this way. Like I exactly like even women in the gym. I mean, I live in a small town and I opened up this gym, the only gym that we have here. And I was like, okay, do bicep curls. And these women were like, what and I was like what like this is the most basic move ever and they literally they're like I don't even know what what you're saying it was I might as well have been speaking French to them and it was in that moment too that I just realized like oh what is so normal for me something that I've been doing since I was 10 this person in her 40s told me I've never been in a gym in my life. And so that was the same thing with the, like, how do you chop this vegetable? Like, what is a bicep curl? I was like, whoa. It, it was so eye-opening to me that, oh, it's really starting from scratch. And it's not that they don't want to move well and eat well and, and take care of themselves, but they're just weren't raised that way. They just have no idea. And I love that you're getting to do that hands-on with people. I thought that's so fun because then they, it, it, it it's, it's fun to cook, right? It's fun to like add your own things. And it's even more fun when you feel more confident at doing it and it always tastes better. So I just, that's so exciting that you get to do that in person. I love it.
0: Right. And even through that, like I've always brought people to my house because then if we don't have something, I usually more than likely have it. And I can be like, we'll get this next time mm-hmm. or something like that. But I think now I'm going to have to make another shift in that and start actually going to people's homes and teaching them how to do it in their own home. Because I've noticed that the confidence is lacking if they do it Mm -hmm. at my house and then go to their own house. Yeah, um, totally. I feel like if we did it in their own environment, they'd be like, oh, I did this once in my environment. Mm
1: -hmm. I can do Mm -hmm. it again. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Because then they'll be they'll get home and they'll be like, oh, I don't have a vegetable peeler. So screw it. Let's just go out <laughs> you know it's like yeah just one... anytime we have anything new like that right like just the littlest bloop in the road we're like forget it this is too much I can't do it it's too overwhelming like I'm that way with tech I'm like oh I just can't like my brain shuts down <laughs> oh so <my> God. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too I, I I had to develop so I had not I didn't have a website for a really long time and I was like, okay, I got, I'm i going to develop my own. And I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to pay somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <And no. laughs> I can't tell you how many times I cried oh, while yeah. I was trying to figure that out. But, you know, and that's one... Big problem as well. And this can fall back to calories hugely. Like you talked about binge eating, because, mm-hmm. like, say you fell off plan and then you're just like, oh, screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to eat whatever I want now because mm-hmm. I already blew it. And I found that so many of us have that mentality where we're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I screwed up. So now I'm just going to have a binge day because yeah. I already blew it. And, you know, one of my clients did that the other day. Mm-hmm. And She came to me and she's like, well, what do I do to fix that? How far did I put myself back? I said, don't worry about it. It's Mm -hmm. over. It's done. We're not going to go do anything crazy to try to mitigate it. I said, Mm -hmm. it just happened. And that happens. And that's part of life. And sometimes there's these little speed bumps and we're just going to move on like it never happened.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Finding that balance.
0: Yeah, and so um, and that's hard to do as humans, right? We want to be like, oh, we screwed up the painting; we might as well throw it away. Yeah. But really, we could have just painted a darker color over that spot or something and mm-hmm. made it work, and nobody else would have known the difference. Yeah,
1: I saw the best meme that I've been thinking about. So He Lee on Instagram posted it, like I don't know, a couple years ago, I think. But it always just kind of sticks in my mind. But. She had – it was a post where – an infographic where she had a flat tire, one flat tire. And so then she was just like, screw it. And she just got a knife out and popped the other three. (laughs) She's like, that's (laughs) like throwing it – that's like having – you know, thinking you're going to have one cookie and ending up having four or five. And then the rest of the day, you're just like, screw it. You know, and you just go hard the rest of the day. It's like, oh, it's not a problem. Like, we'll just fix the flat tire. It's totally fine. You don't have to – go like a 180 screw it we're starting over tomorrow kind of direction but that all or nothing thinking yeah it's it, it takes practice to to begin to trust ourselves like oh it's okay i can handle this instead of just instant panic
0: Right. Or like, say you had a cookie and then you're like, oh, screw it. I'll just eat the whole thing now because like yeah. the whole package because yep. I'm already screwed, Yeah, you know, and it's easy to get into that thinking, but we need to let ourselves know this isn't the last cookie on earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We can have another one another time mm-hmm. and just walk away from that sucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just practice. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love that. Well, so if you wanted I mean, I know this is going to be a really hard question and I ask it to everybody. Mm -hmm. If you could just tell um, one thing to women out there um, that you think could help them make changes or improvements in their lives or help them start their own journey,
1: what would it be? Oh my gosh. I would say stop reading nutrition information, even though I know you're like the nutritionist and so you're probably like (laughs) cringing when I say this, but. For my clients, for the women that I work with, and the majority of people I connect with, know plenty. They know so much nutrition information. It's insane. And so what I would really encourage you to do is to ask yourself, what sounds good today? Because so many women that I work with have only based exercise, eating off of what their brain tells them. They're like, this is good. This is bad. I should do this. I shouldn't do that. And they're so out of touch with their body. You know, that's the thing that I said, We we get so terrified that if I don't control this, I'll never stop eating. But when you're in touch with your body, you just don't want two pints of ice cream. It doesn't physically feel good to really anyone that I've met. You know, and so starting to take a step back and, you know, your brain is still probably going to run a lot of the show and as you're in the early stages of this. But just give your body, like, just check in with your body. Like, hey, what feels good today? Like, oh, maybe I'm going to go for a run. Maybe I need to take a nap. Maybe I need some cookies. Maybe I want a salad. Like, I don't know. But just start opening up that gate of connecting your mind and your body together to work in unison instead of just one or the other running the show. I love that so much.
0: So if people want to find you and um, check out your stuff, or if they may be struggling with um, eating disorders or need coaching
1: with that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, um, how do they find you? Yeah, they find me. I'm very active on, Instagram so my Instagram is Renee Sager or my website also Renee Sager Facebook also Renee Sager and that's R-E-N-A-E-S-A-A-G-E-R I also just launched my own podcast it's called put your nuts out there and it's food and body mindset just kind of unapologetically me so they can find me on there as well and I'm happy to connect
0: I love that so much. Well, Renee, I am so thankful you came on and chatted with me today. Um, You're right up my alley. Keep doing doing good things because the world needs more people like you out there. And I certainly appreciate you coming on. Oh my
1: gosh. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I, I love this. Thank you.
0: Well, everybody, that about wraps up my chat with Renee. I am so fortunate she decided to come on today. I think she brought a lot of great information to the table, considering us women can be pretty darn judgmental of ourselves. And so I think that she was just um, a wonderful person to come on and talk about that. So if you like today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast and head on over and leave a review because reviews are what allows me to keep this podcast going and it allows me to bring on valuable guests to this podcast to talk about their experiences and share their knowledge with us. So those reviews mean the world to me. If you can pop on over and leave me one, I would be ever so thankful. Also, I've kind of gone on a social media hiatus. I'm no longer, um, really pushing things on social media. I think that things can grow organically through everybody sharing this with their friends and family and people that they think this may be of value to. Um, Sharing is caring. It really helps me out immensely when you share the website and the podcast. So if you could do that, I would very much appreciate it. And thank you so much for tuning in today and we will see you next time.